But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? Bloom, are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> ready for a podcast. Sunday night podcast. Big 12 tournament week. <laughs> it doesn't feel like Big 12 tournament week, but it is. Uh, we are recording Sunday, March 7th, uh, which... Hopefully is a uh, good. Hopefully the women, you know, make a little run in Kansas City. Billy Finley's going to pod with me on Tuesday, and we're going to preview that tournament. Love it. Y'all can look forward to that. They got a tough draw, but brutal draw. We can we'll we'll, we'll knock all that out. Sure. I want to thank our presenting sponsor of the Williams and Bloom Sunday Night Podcast, Mechdyne. You can check them out at mechdyne dot com, and I would encourage you to go to the careers page, job listings. Check out all their great benefits. Uh, this is a company unlike anything you probably know, and they are located over there on Church Street in Marshalltown. Love going over there. I haven't been there for uh, over a year. I need to get back to Marshalltown. You know, the go, pandemic screwed everything. I need out. to go play Elmwood Country Club. One of my is favorites. That, that's I, see, I I would go to the Marshalltown Speedway. Well, suits you, suits me. It's fair. Uh, Clover and I were supposed to take our daughters to the Marshalltown Speedway once, and something came up and. Couldn't do it, but nonetheless, um, I thank our friends at MacDyne. They are huge Iowa State guys. A couple of Iowa State graduates. We tell them, tell you guys about them every week. And um, man, just go and look. Uh, IT services, AV services, software services. You know, network infrastructure. Some of the stuff I still don't fully understand, but they are they're doing it all, and they're doing it worldwide. Iowa State guys taking over the world. Clones taking over the world. Now, as we, uh, we're going to talk a lot of basketball today. We're going to talk the future uh, of Iowa State basketball. We're going to look back at the past, uh, some historical Iowa State basketball, and we're going to get after it right after English. All right, Bloom. We got an email earlier this week from a gentleman who listens to the podcast. And I actually thought that he... I thought he brought up some points that would be good fodder here. uh, Perfect timing. Yeah, we're just going to get it. A lot of you were... Iowa State just went 0-18 in the Big 12. They did. And... A lot of you are likely logging on, logging on, like that's old school. No. It works. Yeah. Dial, dialing up the AOL. You're listening, um, wanting to know um, about, you know, potential coaching changes, et cetera. We don't know anything. And if we said anything different, we would be lying to you. Yeah, I do think. Sorry, that was me opening a bottle of Cody Rose. Yeah. Right there. Um, you want to hear the pour? Always. Oh, yeah. Good, the good stuff. I do think by the time this podcast comes around next week, there will be some sort of idea of what's going to happen. I almost think you need to one way or another. Obviously, if, if Prohm is let go, I think, you know, the sooner that can happen, the better as far as, you know, helping figure out what the du- next direction is for the program. And if Steve is retained, I think you need to let that known just to calm the fan base, at least give everybody an answer of what's going to be happening in the future. So I, I would I would guess, and I again, I don't know anything, but within the week, we'll have a more clarity of, of what lies ahead. But I think it leads in this this email, which really I thought was great to provide a backdrop of, you know, what should we expect here? You know, what is appropriate for Iowa State basketball? And what do what 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 does Iowa State deserve? I, uh, I'm not going to read the guy's name because I didn't ask him if we could read this, but I'm just going to read his full email, and, um, and we can get into it, okay? Perfect. 
Want to be respectful of Prohm and the players, but would love to hear you and Bloom discuss the program since McDermott and possibly where we go from here at the proper time. In speaking with my brother about this job, he felt it was top five in the conference. I had glanced at records since 2000 looking at the last 20 years, and I don't believe we are above 500 over that period. I challenged him a little bit and asked him, are we really? When we are winning, I agree this is a top five job in the conference, but it seems that that is very hard to do. McDermott has always been a head scratcher for me. I will never understood why he could win or at least make a good run for a season. I would love to hear you guys break down where you believe this program sits in the conference from statistics, money, facilities, recruiting, and anything else that is important. I love the weekly shows. Well, thank you, sir. We appreciate you listening. Um, okay, that that's loaded. Yes. Um, but what we want to do here is just kind of like the email said, give an overview of what we believe the Iowa State job is. I'd like to talk about the McDermott era a little bit. I think we could talk about the Hoiberg era. Um, and then, you know, the start. And um, again, we don't know anything about the Prom era. And I don't, last thing I want is people being like, no, we're not, we're not doing this because we think we don't know. Nobody knows. Uh, you One said person it. knows. Correct. And he's been very quiet Stevie, uh, Stevie for that, that reason. Prom was asked about it yesterday. He said, I still don't, I don't know. Like, what was his quote to Travis of, you know, Jamie and I have a good relationship. I'll find out, you know, at some point. Yes. So what, what do you, overall, what do you think of that email, Blue? You know, it's really good. I, th- I think it touches on a lot. Um, but the first thing that struck me is, you know, I think we like to rank everything. So is it a top five job in the Big 12? And so I went back and looked. Okay. He mentioned the Iowa State is below 500 in the last 20 years, which is 100% accurate. In fact, since the Big 12 started in 1996, of those still active members of the Big 12, so we're, we're taking out Colorado, we're taking out Texas A&M. Of those active schools, the only school Iowa State has a winning record against in Big 12 play is TCU. That's it. And there are a lot of good Iowa State teams during the Big 12 era. Man, Tech, Tech has now passed Tech, Iowa State. Tech would be the one that I would yep. debate you on. But they've won now a bunch of games in a row, and so that was actually Tech now has a one-game lead on Iowa State in Big 12 play. And Iowa State's tied with K-State during that time frame. Um, so, also, of the teams that have won a Big 12 championship since Iowa State did, so Iowa State's last regular season Big 12 championship, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm excluding the tournament, which I obviously know Iowa State's had great success in the tournament. But in the regular season, since Iowa State last won it in March of 2001, there have been... Everybody but TCU and West Virginia has at least tied for the conference. So all the old members of the Big 12 have all at least tied or, tied or won the Big 12 outright. Point being, where is Iowa State then? I mean, Iowa State's had some great teams. Think about that. Since 2001, Iowa State's had some great teams. In the last decade, Iowa State has had some great teams. But these last four years have now moved Iowa State below 500 in conference, even this decade including all of Fred's teams. I would say it is now below 500 in the last decade. And so the the, the win line, and this 0-18 just torpedoes everything, right? I yeah, mean, you, I mean, that this skews it, it does. heavily. But it just makes you wonder, you know, where, where does Iowa State rank here? And, you know, we can get into all the particulars. I think in basketball, though, you are who your coach is and what your, what your culture is. I think you can basically win at any Big 12 school. I really think that. But you have to have the right fit at the right time. That's funny because that was the exact same direction I was going to go. Um, and I, I mean, just look at what's going on in Lubbock. Perfect example. Like that on the surface is not a better job than Iowa State. Nope. Sim- similar fan support when they're when they're doing well. When they're not, it's not. Iowa State People fans are more loyal to basketball. Completely. Than- now. It's a rabid fan base when they win down there, but not when they don't. Recruiting probably an edge to tech because that Metroplex. I mean, but you're still you're way. Yeah, you're there. in the tumbleweed. <laughs> like we always joke about the tumbleweed. 
when we get yep. to, when we get to Lubbock. In in recruiting, the Texas schools have an advantage because yeah, the the Dallas Metroplex is huge and Houston is huge for Baylor. But it only takes three or four guys in a class. Like you find the right three or four guys, this isn't football. I would also point out that recruiting is not local anymore. Not at like, all. It's just not yep. a. Th- I mean, you could point out some outliers like Iowa. You know, they have, but you know, two of them are coaches' sons. Like they've they've had a lot of Iowa guys. You know, like look at Iowa State's even high school recruits that have been successful. Correct. Like Canada, all Massachusetts, over the map. So. Yeah, like I think that that old school—it's more of a thing in football. It is than it is because you need numbers in, in basketball. You need numbers in football. In basketball, you need three or four guys in a class. It does help if you're Texas or your uh, Oklahoma when you're closer to Dallas. Sure, because it's a drivable distance for families. Okay, that's so that's a factor. But I don't think um, I don't think it's a major factor in basketball. Look at look at maybe the best team. In college basketball, the most consistent team in the last 15 years is in Spokane, Washington. Not exactly a recruiting hotbed of talent in Spokane. But they pull guys from everywhere because it's now a destination because of the coach and the culture. No doubt. So, um, we we agree there. I mean, as far as ranking the jobs go, I, I mean, I, I would put Iowa State right around middle of the pack because of the fans. Correct. That, that's that's where I would put the job. Now, I know if you would ask people in coaching, they would disagree with that. Um, but I also think that a lot of those guys are looking at it like through the lens of, you know, when Tim Floyd was here. And it, it's just entirely different. But, like, if – I mean, I don't want this to sound disrespectful, but let's say that um, Pollard hires Brad Underwood – Right, who interviewed? Was a candidate. Yeah, who interviewed for the job that yep. Steve Prohm got? Yep. I mean, look at Brad Underwood right now. Like he's top ten coach in America. Okay, let's say that somehow Chris Beard, who Steve Prohm beat in the round of thirty-two. Yep. You know, back in uh, Denver that one year. Um, let's say he ends up at Iowa State. Like, so is does that make Iowa State's job better than Oklahoma's? No, it's because of the circumstances. Was Iowa State's job better year two when Fred had it compared to two years prior when Greg had it? No, it's just they weren't having success, success. right? We were, sure. talk, we, were talk, interesting. we were talking to a basketball coach today. Like It's a little bit like when you're – when your team's making shots, everybody thinks the coach is good. When the team's not making shots, the coach sucks. Yeah, there's um, something to that. So now Texas always has an advantage because they have more money than anybody else, and they can but pay they more. They have the they have the but crappiest arena a, in the Big Twelve, and it's a bad fan base for basketball, in my opinion. Yeah, but they can get they can still they have Austin, and that's a big that's a big advantage for them. But yet they haven't had the success that. They probably should have. I mean, Iowa State's had more success as far as making NCAA tournaments in the last 10 years than Texas has. Mm -hmm. And so it's not perfect. But again, head coach and culture. And, And I think in basketball, you can turn that around really fast. This is now, and Campbell also, football has thrown me for a loop a little bit because I, in my wildest imagination, I didn't think this was possible for Iowa State. Um, but again, Campbell's refuse. Like we're not going to admit defeat just because we're the northernmost school in the Big Twelve. We can find a way around it. Yeah, and I think if you can find a way to win in football, you can absolutely win at Iowa State in basketball. It's been proven over and over again. I do think some of Iowa State's past history is romanticized in relation to the rest of the Big Twelve because Iowa State, really, outside of that two thousand two thousand one. I mean, those are the only. Big 12 regular season championships, Iowa State's won. And they hadn't won a Big 8 one in forever. Mm -hmm. So it still is, it has been historically a challenge. But I think in today's college basketball, a head coach, the right head coach, with a couple of recruiting classes that fit, and you're playing that game of you want it to be a good enough recruiting class that the guys stay, but not good enough that they leave. There's, There's some factors here. But I, I still think absolutely you can win a Big 12 championship at Iowa State. It's just, it's got to be the right head coach and the right fit at the right time. Um, 
I just looking forward to we we've touched on this in the last couple of weeks, uh, but how we feel like this transfer thing is going to go in the name, image, and likeness. I d- I just feel going forward. I mean, in-game coaching is always going to be a thing. There's no doubt. Like, yes. I, I'm not saying you ignore that, but I, I would, if I were to hire a head coach going into the year 2022, relationships in terms of recruiting nationwide, and um, the the ability to get players and culture are my number one and two, because yep. retaining players. On a year-to-year basis, is going to be just as important as recruiting them. Yep. Because guys are going to be so itchy to to transfer. Which lets that leads us right into the McDermott era. Yes. Because there were a couple things that derailed Greg at Iowa State, and I think first and foremost was the inability to retain his best players. Mm-hmm. And you know, it didn't start other out, than Craig Brackens. Uh, but even Craig declared for the NBA. Now that's true. this is after his junior year. But when you look at Greg's run at Iowa State, he was, he's was he been successful in every other stop but at Iowa State. So what happened at Iowa State? A couple of things. Number one, he inherits a, a situation that was less than ideal as far as scholarships. What did he have, two? I think he had, no, I think he had like four. Um, Yuri Ubalik <laughs> was one of them. Um, gosh, I'm going to go back in the Wayback Machine and try and remember some of these guys that Rashawn Clark, okay, nice player. Um, Tashid Carr left. Uh, Curtis and Will both declared for the NBA. Hold on. Reggie George left. I'm pulling it up. Jesson Gray. Jesson Gray was back. Um, Brock Jacobson. Brock Jacobson was a walk on. Um, Alex Thompson. Alex Thompson. Yep. He was been a scholarship guy. So you're not you're not starting with a lot, and then and he and he, he was able to keep Corey Johnson committed. Kept Corey Johnson who committed under under Wayne. Wayne yeah. So let's kind of walk through, and this is this is a good example of what can happen when things just don't go your way. And the same thing has happened to, to Prome in a lot of aspects. He gets a really good recruiting class, the first class that McDermott um, and his recruiting his staff signed was really good. If you think about it, they get a two star in Wesley Johnson. They get Mike Taylor. Two NBA players. They get McIntosh, who was, eh, whatever. But two NBA players. That's a heck of a deal. Ross Marsden. And Ross Marsden was... Um, he, he was transferred, fun. right? Yeah. Uh, he hung around for a little bit. No, didn't he go to Iowa and then go to Iowa State? Who, no, no, that's that Alex was, Thompson. That was Alex Thompson. Yeah, I'm sorry. But you have a... You, actually, the first year under Greg was okay. What, go 6-10? and 10, You're I remember building... Their, I remember Greg's first game at Missouri. I was watching it at Chasers. Yeah. Yep, Pleasantly won that one. Started 2-0 and in, in the conference. Um, and you can tell Mike Taylor's got some potential. But then he, in the offseason, has a couple of screw-ups, and they have to boot him. And so now you're left. You get Craig Brackens coming, and you pair him with Wes Johnson. Wes gets hurt, and then all hell breaks loose as far as that situation. He leaves after the year. And then you're left with the backcourt of Sean Haluska and Brian Peterson. And even as good as Brackens was, you just the, could not win with those guys. The 7 8 team... Listen to the names that were on it. Though. And then Luca left in the middle of the year, the next year. Yeah, so the 07-08 team, because Luca couldn't play, right? Right. But you had Wes Johnson, Deontay Garrett, and Craig Rackins, all three on that team. Crazy. Which Deontay was young. just a baby. Yeah, so was Craig. At that point. Yeah, but Craig was, and Rashawn Clark was on that team too. Yep. But Rashawn, we, you know, we came to learn wasn't, if he didn't have Stinson and Blaylock was, Still a good player, yeah, but still, less effective in transition. The, right. In Greg's system. Didn't he, work. Yeah. He would be a lot better in Greg's system now than he was back then. I mean, Greg, and Greg has, there's been articles written about it. Greg has said, I, I screwed up at Iowa State. I was running too many you and I style half court sets. We're going to stay. We're going to play it my way when it I, just didn't work. I Yeah. My, my take on the McDermott situ- situation at Iowa State is he, he just took too long to transition into the Big 12 yep. thing. It was very, you know, mid-major approach at first. At first, yep. And then by the time he caught on, it was his kind of, I do think, so there was always a story about Jamie giving him the new contract and bringing in the new staff. I, I think, like, the deal with, like, Prome even right now, and I've talked about this a little bit, 
is what's the plan? Yeah. Like, can you, can you give me a plan forward where how we can turn this around? And I think Greg's plan sold Pollard back in the day, whatever it would have been. Um, clearly it didn't end up coming to fruition because he, he went to Creighton, but I, I mean, I think, I, I don't know if he would have turned it around or not. I don't know, but I'm get people are always like, well, Pollard, why did, why did he stick with him? I'm, o- get, I'm guessing only, that was it. Right. And it was only through four years. Prohm's through six. Like Greg, Greg was only at Iowa state for four years and then he was going to change over staff. Nick nurse, Jeff yes. Greer were going to be on staff. But so Greg got hurt. He was too slow to adapt to the, the big 12 level of talent. He had guys leave. And then the big 12 during that era was just a machine. I mean, you were you're playing against future NBA Hall of Famers game in and game out. And that's hard to control. I mean, when you have Kevin Durant at Texas, Blake Griffin at Oklahoma, uh, Kansas won a national championship with Chalmers and uh, all those guys, you just, it's hard. It's hard work. Even A&M was resurgent at that point under Gillespie. So you're, in, you're not playing in a vacuum. You're playing the rest of the conference. And Iowa State caught a really bad part of an era in Big 12 under Greg McDermott. Now, it eased up a little bit, and that's why Fred had some success when he did, is the Big 12 eased up just a bit, and then he hit the timing with the transfer market, and it worked out well. He was able to exploit an inefficiency in the market. But Steve, again, Big 12's really good right now. It's really, really good. It's got good players, but the coaching level in the Big 12 is just off the charts. Completely. And... You're like you're, the you're same replacing like Pat Knight with Chris, Chris Beard, Beard, who's the top top five five to 10. ten guy. I mean, I think you could say of of the Kruger's a Hall of Famer, no question. Bill Self obviously is. Bob Huggins is already in the Hall of Fame. You're just it's it's a tough tough deal. And so how do you combat that? And you got to get better players, and you know find a way to time it up where. You, the culture and the fit, everything, everything works together. And um, man, it's just it's it's really tough right now because the Big Twelve hasn't been this good in a long, long time. And so it's this thus Iowa State's zero and eighteen. However, it has been proven in the past that you can still win at Iowa State with the right with the right fit at the right time. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, I don't think the question here is you. Can you win at Iowa State? Sure. I mean, we know you can win at Iowa State, but what what do you have to do to win at Iowa State? And, you know, I we've talked about this before. Steve has not had good luck. Um, he has not. Much these, like Greg McDermott did not have good luck, neither did Steve. And you, you and I would go back to, to Fred, too, and, and this is not a slight at Fred. I mean, he's obviously a really good basketball coach, The arguably the most successful in the history of Iowa State basketball for a I, tenure. Right? I think from one era, it, that stretch has been, is the most successful in Correct. Iowa State history. So clearly the guy knows what he's doing, but he also had good luck. He you know, you had, had good luck. But with George, Monte, Matt, Naz, you had Melvin, who McDermott Durbin. recruited. Yep. You had these guys who all stayed four years. Almost impossible now. Correct. And I don't think that that can be overstated. Um, everybody likes to talk about the transfers from that era, but it was the four-year guys who kept the culture in place. Yep. And I think right now that's a huge thing of what the program's lacking. There's not guys – I mean, name a guy on the roster right now who's truly experienced. He'll, yeah. You know what I mean? Who can, or, or 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 a guy who can really pull on a winning culture for that matter? Again, seriously, yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna read the roster right now. I, I mean, it. George played on the one team. Uh, Tyler Harris won a little bit of Memphis, a little but bit, he, not not a lot. Um, you know, Trey Jackson's never really. Yeah, Condit was a, uh, basically a, you know, a reserve guy who played sparingly on the one NCAA tournament team. Coleman Lands has never really played for a winning program, but I think he's a winner. Like, I don't want to. Yeah, sure. He's a, but he's only there one year. Right. You know, have time to instill the, my point is like who on these rosters, even last year, other than Tyrese, obviously, 
but you don't have the carryover. And that's where I say, like, I'm not making an excuse for Steve Prohm here, but man, at Iowa State, if you're going to have one-and-done guys and two-and-done guys, the problem is the chances of you mimicking those recruiting classes time and time again here are few and far between. So when I say Fred had some good luck, well, you know, now some of that carried over into Steve, and Steve sure. benefited he from did. it. Yep. But man, having like I've always said Melvin Edgem is probably, in my opinion, the most underappreciated Cyclone that I, he was a Big 12 player of the year, so it's really yeah, difficult to right. say. But seriously, like he doesn't get the like Royce gets more, you know, pub than Melvin did. Melvin Edgem did. Yeah. Right. But without Melvin, Royce probably isn't as effective. But I'm just saying, like looking into the future. Yep. Okay. So how does Iowa State win? Yep. And you've got to be able to retain good players. Yes. And it. it I'm not saying don't recruit Taylor Horton Tucker. Of course you want to recruit that talent if you can get it. But you've got to have carryover from year to year. Yep. You cannot be replacing seven on the that's roster it. and recruiting four guys every spring. And that's going to be more and more difficult going forward if it's Steve Prome, if it's Phil Jackson coaching yep. the Cyclones. Yep. No, well said. I mean, I think... Number one, you, just, you have to have good players. Like you just, you cannot out scheme Big Twelve coaches and just play harder or rebound the ball better. You need good players. Why was Fred successful? How many NBA guys did Fred recruit to Iowa State? Eight, nine. Like you need good players. Now they got better when they were at Iowa State. Absolutely, they turned themselves into NBA players. But at the end of the day, oh, like George George Niang leaves, and Deontay Burton is now stepping into the situation, yep. and, and Abdul Nader, which are NBA guys. You can't out you. Todd Licklider was never going to be successful as bright of offensive mind as he might have been at Iowa because he just wasn't recruiting anybody that could play at that level. You you need a coach that can bring in players and and over the Iowa State era for the most part, every single coach at least in my lifetime has brought in capable players. Like I think you can get three or four guys in a class, but what has separated. The successful Iowa State seasons to the not successful Iowa State seasons. If you have to time it right and you have to get a group of guys all on the same page on the same timeline, look at under you know, just let's go back to Johnny Orr. You had Fred, Ulo, and Meyer all in the same class, all at the same time. When they weren't there, not as much success. And then when Floyd came, he brought in a bunch of guys that were all in that same junior senior class. When they when those guys left, Tim Floyd was a great coach, by the way. Great X and those guys. When those guys left, he goes, you know, five and eleven in the Big Twelve. Like you need, you need guys in the same class, at the same timeline. It's like and, we were talking to that coach today. When the, when you have players that can make shots, you look like a pretty good. Yeah, team. and so as good as <laughs> I think Tim Floyd, you know, yeah. from a defensive standpoint, those guys would rebound the hell out of the ball. They play a lot of defense, but his bad teams at Iowa State couldn't shoot. And and at the end of the day, you need the ball needs to go in the basket. And so, you know, I think when you're looking forward. If give me a give me a coach that can get guys consistently and then keep them, it's a lot easier said than done. But why has Scott Drew? He was you know we made fun of him on Cyclone Fanatic for not being a very good coach. But he was you did I've always been yeah I know you have. He's he recruited don't don't, don't put some respect he, on my name. He has completely changed the way he recruits. Remember he was getting the Perry Joneses of the world and all those top end guys and they would leave and then he would be in the back end of the Big Twelve and now he's got. None of these guys are declaring early, and he's got them for four or five years, and here they are. So, two, two of the top five teams in the country right now are in the same scenario. It's Baylor and Iowa. Yeah. I mean, is Fran McCaffrey now exponentially a, a better coach than he was five years ago? No. Pretty much the same. He's, you know, you know, one after another, keeping all these guys and – um, you know, I, I, as much as I've killed Fran over the years for massive rotations, et cetera, it's paid off for him now because yep. it kept a lot of those guys happy. Now they're contributors and they are a very old basketball team. Baylor, very similar. It pays you, have, old. you have a lot of Baylor guys who are going to be tweeners, um, 
maybe a late first round draft yeah, pick, Mitch, probably a sec, a, a lot of George Niang slash yeah, Abdul Nader types. Mitchell and Butler are probably NBA guys, but they're not no brainers to go after their sophomore year. No, no, and I don't. I, I can't even say I know that that was by design. I sh- in, I'm not faulting Steve Prome at all for getting guys who did go pro. Right. That's good. But, um, you know, it's still, there weren't people in line to replace them. And, and that exactly. that's tough. You know, yep. you, you they missed on enough recruits too where, that's how where it made it difficult. At. Yep. And you got caught in the worst possible year to have seven newcomers was this year because there's no time and here we are and it is what it is. I mean, this is just, that's the nature of it. So, man, it's, it is interesting, but I will say, I think you can turn it around in basketball so much faster than in football, especially with the way the transfer market is going. You can turn over a roster really quickly. And so if you turn it over and then get those guys to stay, potentially, you can be back in the conversation within 12 to 24 months. I mean, you, you, you don't want to put a whole lot of pressure on you know winning right away, but I think, I think you can turn it pretty quickly, even in as good as the Big 12 is. Even if... Like this roster, I yeah, it's it's not that far off. It really isn't. Now, what will happen? There's gonna be so much transition everywhere. It's hard to say that this roster, even those underclassmen, will will look the same next year. But there, I, I still think when we talked about, we were watching the game yesterday. Obviously, it's got some Big Twelve capable players. I really believe that. Now, are totally they in the, are they in the right roles at Iowa State right now? Probably not, because they they're forced to play out of position or. or you know more than they need to be playing, but it, it, it there still is some talent on that roster. All right, um, thanks for that email. I think we answered. Yeah, I mean, I think we answered everything in there. I I, I, I would have hard. to really think about ranking the jobs. See, That's I, hard. I don't think you can really do that anymore because again, Kansas, Texas, Kansas, Texas, probably with with the way. They historically can pay in their success. I think Kansas is always number one, just with their tradition and fan base. But if they make a bad hire when Bill Self ever leaves, they're three years from not being Kansas anymore. I mean, they have really done a good job. Kudos to them. I mean, they've gone from Larry Brown to Roy Williams to Bill Self. I mean, well done. He said, good job out of you. Yeah, and and with the way TV is, with the way recruiting is now national, you don't need to be a brand name to be successful anymore. You just don't. You don't need to be a brand name. You need the right coach who can get the right players at the right time. I we're all on TV on national TV all the time. That doesn't matter anymore. Uh, and the streaming Kansas, thing's changing. Everything. Yeah, in Kansas, UCLA, Kentucky, sure they're brand names, and they might get a head up. But I would argue, Bill Self and John Calipari have more to do with that than. Than anything, look at UCLA over the last decade. Been garbage relative yeah. to them. Yeah, it's because they haven't had a good coach. Like even like UConn, even like, UConn. Right? They're no, they're nothing now. Now I think they've got the right guy in place now after they missed on a couple. But point is, Calhoun's gone, and it. You know, I, I know that they they had that brief yeah. stint of major success, but yeah, then I mean, it all Kevin just kind Ollie of fell won. off. Yep. But so you you got to have the right person, right time with the right players and. Um, I think you can make any job, specifically in the Big 12, because really, with the amount of money from the conference, you can pay somebody enough to make them successful. And so now the point, now the next question is, who can I have that's going to get me the right guys that I can get the most out of for the longest period of time? Then you have your answer. It's complicated. (laughs) It's complicated. All right. um, Let's, let's. Real quick, thank our friends at GravitateCoworking.com. Gravitate Coworking. The, um, go to GravitateCoworking.com, click on membership, and you can check out all the different options that they have. You can get anything from a floating desk to a dedicated desk to a private office. I think I need the private office. You know, because I, 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 I would work for you. Otherwise, you just run. Talk to people, yeah. and I'm going to walk around, yeah. and I'm going to bother people, and and then people bother me, and then like I'm going to get irritated, and, I, and then I'm going to become really grumpy. And the guy that nobody wants to see at Gravitate Co-working down there on Locust Avenue. I think that's fair. You can tell I've overthought this. You have. Um, <laughs> check them out downtown. Check them out midtown. 
Check them out in Jefferson. Gravitate Coworking is going to be opening one in Cedar Falls. So our Eastern Iowa clones, you can uh, be a part of this as well. Thanks to Jeff for his sponsorship. All right. Um, one thing I wanted to share, just because it, it's kind of on point for me. Okay. I watched a couple of games yesterday that 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 go to my theory that I need I need guys more than I need X's and O's. The Belmont Moorhead State game, and then the Davidson VCU game. Arguably, Belmont scheme and Davidson scheme are top ten college basketball good. Just from pure with the actions, the stuff they run. They ran up against a Moorhead State and a VCU team with with what I would call dudes, and the dudes pretty much dominated because they they got them. They were able to pressure, got them out of their stuff, mm-hmm. cleared every miss, and then there's not much you can do. A well defensed play if you don't have the athleticism, you can't you can't overcome it with X's and O's. Point is, in the Big Twelve, you still need the guys. First and foremost, no matter what scheme, no matter how you teach a box out, no matter what out-of-bounds play you're drawing up, you still need the guys. Got So I, th- I think when you start looking about what's next is you need somebody who can still get players. And I think that's number one concern. And yeah. Who has those connections right now to get Recruiting, 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 it recruiting. It is. Um, let's, let's do Kansas City real quick, and then I want to talk about my interview with John Haycock. The uh, women draw Texas. That's right, correct? Yes. So why can't they beat Texas this they, year? They no, why can. haven't they? Oh, like, well, I, uh, uh, so fair. They have. They've Charlie. Beat, they've had a lot of success against that Texas program in the past. Right, but Charlie Collier, who's is she the number one pick? Probably in the WNBA. Okay, six five, six yeah. six, just a rebounding machine. And again, Iowa State is so limited that they have to send two people at her and then it's hard to get a rebound and texas has shot it way better against iowa state just from their other role players than against anybody else in the conference and so it's a it's a two-pronged thing you give her a lot of attention and then somebody else beats you and um those players haven't been able to beat everybody else so can they shoot it that well again third time in a year against iowa state we'll see i think i would give iowa state um definitely a flip of the coin this is a 50-50 game in your opinion? I think it's a 50-50 game. She is um, so good that she can dominate Iowa State just because she's so much bigger than anybody Iowa State can throw at her. However, if Iowa State shoots it better than Texas, again, it's a make-or-miss league, and Iowa State has the capability to make a bunch of them. Um, and then it's Baylor. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, Iowa State has played them really well. Obviously, one down in Waco. There will be the, a crowd. There will be a crowd. It would probably be a pro-Iowa State crowd. I think Iowa State can give them a game. It's going to be tough to beat beat Baylor, but... Looks like Friday morning. Is the Texas game. Yes. And then the Baylor game. 10.30 Friday morning. The Baylor game... You have to come over. Maybe we'll make uh, mimosas. Yeah, I... I, I you want to come over and we can uh, do a little brunch? Let's, if you're if you're buying, sure. Well, I'll, I'll make it. Yeah, okay. I'm 10.30. I'll fire yeah, up the Traeger and make us, you know... Let's, can, you, can you do... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just do radio from home on Friday. Hey, I'm in. Uh, the men play at eight thirty on Wednesday Late night. One. They, God, like how good is the Big Twelve? You got Lon Kruger in Oklahoma Oof. on Wednesday night in Kansas City. And honestly, between Oklahoma and Tech, this is the game I would prefer if I'm Iowa State. No doubt, no and doubt Tech, about Tech that. Just, I want no part of them. Tech has their number. Just whatever they do. It's, but it's kind of the opposite because it used to be like I felt pretty good about Iowa State Tech. Yeah, not the last not the last three couple years. of years. Um, Oklahoma is going the wrong way now. They're still in the top twenty. They're just not as efficient on offense, and they're not huge in the post, and so that helps Iowa State. And you know the game, both games, competitive down to the wire. Iowa State what loses by five down in Norman, so maybe it ended up seven. And the game in Ames was right down to the wire. So this will be, in my opinion, this will be a you know a six to eight point line down in Kansas City. And if you're six to eight, you're you're certainly have a chance to win. Really? Yeah, I don't think it's double digits at all. I really don't. The way Oklahoma's trending, although did they play today? They may have. I I, I think they did they have TCU. Anyway, I, I don't 
No, Texas played TCU. Okay, tonight. that's who it was. Yeah. I don't. Um, you know, obviously Oklahoma's favored, but I don't think it's a game you can't win. All right, eight thirty. Uh, we'll have all the coverage. Man, I'm looking at Ken Palm right now. The the do not look at Ken Palm in Iowa State's. What's the deep uh, numbers? It's bad. What's the offensive rating now? Two twenty eight. Oh man. 132 on defense. The uh, the worst number I found, the defensive rebound percentage. Yeah. 33.3. That is 333rd in the country. Which means that... Is that dead last? No. No, there's 350-ish. Yeah. Which means you're not getting... Oh, we're enough. better than Syracuse. Well, yeah, but they they play that zone, which doesn't help them with defensive rebounding. Better than Wichita State. Okay, wow, that surprises me. Yeah, what is what is our offense? Dead rebound? last, uh, what's Yale. Our, what's our offensive rebound percentage? Because I can't remember the last time we had multiple offensive. It's rebounds. bad too. Yeah, twenty four percent, two hundred seventy third rank. That's not very good either. And then free throw rate still like dead last in the country. Three hundred forty seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Need to get some fouls. Really elite free throw shooting team. Great, for, but you, they don't get to the line. They just don't get to the line. They don't. They just seventy seven point nine percent, eighteenth best free throw shooting team in and the you country. You take you take Brazier Bolton off, and you're not getting the line at all. You're you're a jump shooting team, and if the ball goes in, you look you look better. Shout out to David Carr at one fifty seven yeah. and Gannon Grimmel at heavyweight How about Big that? Twelve championships uh, down in Tulsa. Iowa State took third. Uh, really strong showing by Oklahoma. I I didn't see. I didn't they see them with it? winning it. No, they, well they tied. Wow, that's odd. Tied Oklahoma they, State. They they tied at one twenty four. So Iowa State gets third at one hundred and seventeen and a half. So the Cyclones were right there. Mm. They were right there. That's a success. I uh, I'm I'm really excited about Iowa yeah, State wrestling. Running the right way. Like I I think that. When is the national? A couple weeks. I think it's the okay. same uh, as the NCAA tournament. Because they've I got believe. between Carr, Parker, Gremmel. I don't know who else will qualify for that, but they should be able to rack up some points there. Um, Coleman did. Coleman made it. Deegan did. Okay. Coleman's going to get is, the wild card, I believe. The, your dual record isn't necessarily indicative of how well you do in the national championship. It's, it's all just messed about up. Yeah. what you do. At the, in a, a, I, don't I once got it. Uh, <laughs> I was messing around with Red. I, I reckon we were at the uh, Naughty Pine and Humboldt. Sure. And I'm like, Dresser, they like nothing matters in your sport until March. Like, wh- what do you like? How does this work? And he's laughing because I'm such a novice with it. But I, I really do love it. Like I've I've really yeah I've gotten into combat sports big time. Well, and he's and entertaining. He's great. He's his sweater game is off the charts. And I'm I'm really becoming a fan of Iowa State wrestling. In fact, I might um, I, next year I might really try to go to a bunch of those. I really wow. enjoy it. I didn't go this year. I didn't yeah. do anything this year because yeah. of the pandemic. But I'm I'm fired up about that. All right. Uh, any takeaways before we go uh, from the John Haycock interview? Again, fantastic stuff. Um, I thought. I mean, I knew some of that as far as the Akron game. But to change on the fly like that for he's in his well at the time he's probably in his late fifties yeah and he's he's but he knew they were not going to be successful I went I got fired up when he started talking about the the players that played a lot that are still pretty young yes and it was kind of like well you should remember that we've got you know Horn and um and he went through him and even in the secondary I'm like yeah I forgot that guy played quite a big amount of snaps and is only a freshman so. Uh, there's reason why there's there's no slowdown inside. And I think that's what has me most excited about football. Is sure you have your transformational players like Purdy and Rose and Hall and Kohler, but the depth within the program means even when those guys move on, there's still a lot of talent in the pipeline. And he went through like six or seven on defense alone. Like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that guy. That's how good the defense has been. Mason Chambers, Kamani King, DJ Miller. 
on and on and on. Deshaun Davis is Deshaun Davis. I'm yeah, he mentioned him. About, yeah, he mentioned him about four times. Yeah, it's like this guy's coming, so beware. Yeah, I think he'll be the next great Iowa State linebacker. He, um, yeah, he flies the football. I, I thought know. the stuff with Ishim was interesting too. Oh, like that he, was refreshing. He wasn't. wasn't it? He wasn't going to blame the officiating, which I appreciated. Yeah, you're, you're just such, like we. Get, you're such a hack. We got to do better. <laughs> no, I liked it though. It was it was refreshing to hear a defensive coach say that because yep. it, it is true. If you like it or not, like the rules intent is to protect the defensive player as yes. well. Yeah, it's not. In fact, oftentimes the defensive player is the one putting himself in more harm. True. Not all the time. Oftentimes. Yep. I just very forthcoming interview. I don't think I've ever heard John in that long form before. So it was, was fun. Funny. I. I anybody who listens to me knows how much of an admirer I am of I I like the fact too I, you you kind of hinted at this this with his age that he would just change yeah you know that's so impressive to me I I'm like that with a lot of um, sports journalists too who are older who have been able to change with the times yep, yep. anybody who can do that is in an inspiration to me if it's if you're a doctor using new technology or if you whoever whatever you're doing i the ones i that drive me crazy are the people who refuse to adapt yep because it was this way in the past and it's always going to be this way and i he was being he was being humble but they were they were some of the first to start doing that stuff oh and they whatever they run there's not many that can duplicate it no um well, the one thing i didn't know I knew a lot of the stuff about the Akron game and, and Steve calling them all in. Or not Steve, Matt. Matt, right. Um, and I've heard stories about um, those guys, like after the Texas game, all staying there until 3 a.m., just reshuffling everything. I didn't know the part about J.D. Wagner coming up to him. Yeah, that was cool. And saying, we have to keep Same. running this. J.D.'s the man, too. I love J.D. He's one of my favorite, favorite cyclists. But I, I didn't know that part. Yeah. That was... Really interesting to me that a player was the one like, "Hey, this is working, coach," and they listened to him. Yeah, which is again that that doesn't happen a lot. Where it's like, "Yeah, well, okay, this is working," and and they, JD had a lot of respect in that program. But what was interesting is they said we need to get our best players on the field, which is like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of an obvious take. Like, well, and that's I, refreshing. And in, and in his defense, Paul was. Paul Rhodes and Wally Burnham were trying to they do that at the, the end, same thing. Yep. but they didn't have the personnel to do it right. at the time. They didn't have good enough defensive linemen. Right. They were like, we're so good at, we're much better at linebackers. So we want to get more, but they didn't have, I mean, when you're running out Robbie Garcia, it's a little different than Ray Lima. Completely. You know, yep. no offense to Robbie, but I remember how light he was. Well, and so they just got run right over yeah. where, where Lima could hold up and allow those guys take to take on two or three guys. Yep. Again, it, still need the players. Yeah, no you gotta have the Joes. Gotta have the guys. Yeah, you just—that's a good point because Wally Burnham's a smart football mind. Paul Rhodes—they had is not the right idiot, idea. They you know? absolutely had the right they, idea. They were all over yep. it, but they didn't have the guys. Yep. Well, so I thought I highly recommend. I, I didn't. I had no idea that uh, was a construction company that that sponsored that. Yeah, Graphite Construction. Graphite, that they are they're giving money to the coach's charity of choice. Yep. Awesome idea. Yep. I think that's great. That's so a win-win. Well, $500 every month will go to whoever whoever my guest is. So the, get, the, the guest, right. The the point of that series is to talk about more than just, um, you know, if it's football. Um, yeah, the latest news. Like, I want to know, like, I want to learn. I want our audience to take something that they can adapt to their own life. Yep. So, yeah, th- those are fun. I'm going to try and get Tom Manning on. At some point, and then I'm sure Pollard will do one with me later on. Yeah. I, he's got his hands full with the NCAA tournament. That's the other thing to th- keep in mind here is he'll go to Indianapolis probably on Thursday or Friday. I don't know what their exact week, but he's got other obligations this week. Yeah, well, and I don't know. How I, does I don't that, know that I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just that, throwing it out there. Yeah, I've just, the amount, it's just funny, like the amount of text messages. That I get like, hey, what do you? I don't know. I, I, I will say. Sure, we could create something here, but I, I do think. Get my two cents. Some of the rumors you see on the message board are kind of an echo chamber 
of other rumors out yeah. there that may not be valid at all. But they just they catch legs because somebody saw it here, and so then it gets the telephone game. And um, just be careful. Just be careful what you hear out there. The real quick, speaking of the message board, I we launched a new forum this week, last week. I saw that. It's awesome, and I'm really glad we did this. Uh, it's a sports betting forum. We call it the Sports Betting Lounge, and it was really cool over the weekend to watch. Um, guys tossing around. Oh, I like uh, Texas at this number, and like, and then another guy. Ah, I don't like that. And it, this is going to keep growing. No and doubt. I just I wanted to have a place on our site where Cyclone fans could just you know talk about stuff and strategies and all that. And it, I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm surprised, but I'm a little surprised at the amount of traffic this forum has gotten over the first, like, five days of it being up. So if you're interested in sports betting, uh, go to the Cyclone Fanatic Sports Betting Lounge, and there's a lot of like-minded folks when it, who are talking about this And when stuff. you post it, you're held accountable. If you, yeah. If you have a bad day, people can find the post to remind you. Oh, I, uh, I got so lucky on the UFC card Saturday night. I posted all my picks. I absolutely killed it. That'll but wait. one of them... My guy, so I picked a guy in one of the title fights, and I got him at, like, plus 112. So I had him. It was basically a toss-up, yep. right? He was getting his ass kicked. Like, I mean, it was – he was more or less about ready to On pass out. Like, he yep. was – I think he was already concussed. <laughs> and the, the ref – I shouldn't laugh. It's not funny. Well, you'll, you'll appreciate this as a referee. But the referee – Tells the the guy who's kicking his ass, like, hold on, like, because he was check checking him, him. Well, that guy need him in the head, and he just boom, like, lights are out. Like, you could just tell it's over. For the f- the UFC has been around for twenty seven years. For the first time in the history of the UFC, a guy got disqualified and lo- and lost his belt. So the guy who just totally got his ass oh. kicked won the belt. Won so, his first so, championship. So the official stopped the fight, and the guy need him yes. after he's. Oh no! Yes. So they gave him the sorry. Yes. And he, I mean, if that if that fight would have gone the distance, it would have been like a total. So like, that's like a, that's that still counts as a bet. Like, yeah, credit for I that? won. Yeah. No. Wow. DQ. DQ. <laughs> that's happened, but never in a title fight. Good for them. See, I thought you would appreciate the official holding this ground. Herb Dean. Is no. that guy, Herb? It was not Herb, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I like Herb. He he didn't he had a he had the title fight last night. Oh he, of course he does. Herb Dean. Yeah. Like if I if I've got a fight, I want Herb yeah. Dean with me. He had the uh, Alessano okay. fight well, last uh, night. As he should. But in he also had um you know what no, he didn't have that fight. He had a couple last I, night. I mean he might be the world's most was, famous referee right so now. So we always Dean. talk like bad beats and stuff about like a half court shot, like it, it's meaningless at the end of the game that goes in. Yeah. This, like, I know like the UFC isn't probably huge with our audience. This was one of the worst beats ever if you had the other guy. <laughs> okay. But I, I, I was on the winning end of it. So I was very happy. Oh, man. So Good check stuff. that out. Uh, this week's going to be weird. Um, I'm just leaving a lot of time open in case anything happens. Yep. Um, obviously, we're going to be covering uh, the Big 12 tournaments. We're not going down there this year. It just seems it seems just dumb to spend the money. You know, I thought about sending Jacqueline down to the Big 12, but, like, everything's on Zoom. Right, and you can't get player reaction in the no. locker room anyway, which makes that That makes it, yeah. And it, we can't while. do any of that. You so can't go pre. Because we would go. Man, we've had some, some of my favorite weeks of my – Career and life came at the last eight years of the Big Twelve tournament. We've had some times there, but yeah. you can't when you can't go. So we would go down what a day and a half early, right? Mm-hmm. And we'd cover practice the day before the first game. And you go in the locker room. You get in the just, locker room. You can talk to everybody. You can really get a feel for things. That doesn't happen anymore. It's kind of a bummer. So yeah, th- this will never happen, especially post COVID. But I'm a I I pitched this to Matt Schultz and he laughed at me. He's He's my buddy. He's, yeah. the, he's the sports information director for basketball. For basketball, I uh, this was like two, three years ago. I was like, if you want like 
to enhance like the coverage and the promotion of your team, you should be like the one big 12 school to open up the locker rooms after games. <laughs> like seriously, yeah. you get the guys are so much better. I know why they won't do it. I know why they I don't mean, want to do it. If I was in, guys. if I was in Iowa State shoes, I would never let them do it. Yeah, but like the amount, like the it, it's like raw, a, it's a, a year emotion. like this year. Yeah, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it those put, guys are broken up after if when the season's over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really emotional. But like my point is like those practice days down in Kansas City. One of my favorite pieces I've ever written. Uh, was in Tulsa at the NCAA tournament that year. They lost to Ohio State, mm-hmm. but I did it after. Um, I did a feature on George Conte. Yeah, because he that. he wasn't He'd, playing much, but he was like the, the cheerleader at the guy, end of the bench yeah. who everybody loved. Yep, is one of my favorite columns I've ever written. And like I just sat there with George and shot the breeze yep, with him for an stuff. hour. Yep, you know, talking about how. When he was a kid, he played NCAA football, and he was always Iowa State, like stuff like that. Like you, you do not get that when there's 15 other dudes with a yeah. tape recorder in their face. Yeah, and it's better for the fans. But again, or on Zoom, I can't complain. Iowa State is they're they're great, great to work with. So yeah. it's not. I still, and we can we can go. One of my favorite memories is the night before one of the Big Twelve opening round games. We had gone to the Power and Light. But you, you, Hines, Travis Hines of the Ames Tribune and Des Moines Register, Dave Zavolinski, <laughs> then of Channel 5, and Michael Admire, then of Channel 13, somehow in the, in the evening's festivities, you had all had, had agreed to play a two-on-two basketball game <laughs> on, the, on the hotel oh. mezzanine basketball court. Thing got heated. Which was like a nine-foot hoop just for like promotion. But these four yahoos decided they were going to go two-on-two and go hard over perhaps some cash considerations. I don't quite remember. Oh, yeah. And I thought, I swear to God, I broke a bone in my thumb (laughs) that night. No, for real. For like nine months after it. I never went to the doctor. Zabolinski's legit insane. Like, he's an insane person. He's so competitive. I admire played college football. Yeah, he's a really good athlete. Hines is a good athlete and was just using the Charles Barkley back down move to his advantage. And I was just shooting threes. You're just shooting threes. <laughs> and I, I, started, I can actually shoot the three. Give me a little credit here. So I was there for like the first two, and I was kind of a quasi official, and I realized this is stupid. You were getting really uncomfortable. I, well, because you guys were going like way too hard, and there's like kids watching. Like, what are these uh, grown it people doing? The do? managers for Oklahoma, <laughs> they were keeping score. And so and ended up going like a best out of seven. I don't. Remember. We won. I don't me remember. And, who me won. and Hines won. And the problem was, so Hines. I mean, if you guys follow him on Twitter, you'll understand. But Hines, like, just you know, sticks the knife in and starts turning. Oh, he's relentless. Yeah, and he he had, a, he had real him and Zavolinski. Yeah, they just oil and water. But like Admire. Now the voice of the Drake That's Bulldogs. Right. That's right. Admire at the time, like, didn't do a lot of talking, but he wanted to shut Hines up so bad. As one would, yeah. And believe it or not, I wasn't even doing much talking at this time. Like, you were uh, I was just... You're well behind. As much as you yammer, <laughs> you're way behind Hines and Z. Oh, yeah. When you get Z going, him and, I, mean, I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, these guys are legit going like, to injure that, each other. Like, I, I'm very competitive about a lot of things, but like stuff like that, I'm not. But honestly, legit, Hines, Hines had a, a good low post game. Oh, yeah. He impressive. played high school ball. Yeah, he, was, yeah. he was impressive. Well, we all know who won. And I just remember the next day. I remember getting uncomfortable and just going back to the hotel. Well, I remember the next day. Um, you guys were the, still hot the, about In the it? press area, like, there was still... Some simmering feelings. Yeah, we're all too old now. We we could pull that off anymore. Good stuff. Yeah, no way. <laughs> Absolutely no way. Zavolinski, if you're listening, I don't know why you would be, but you're still insane, buddy. He's beyond insane. All right, uh, fun podcast, and I and I will say this: um, we're going to be all over any breaking news. Uh, I think but, you'll, you're going to get news one way or another in the next ten days. Yeah, we're going to know who like. Either Pollard's going to come out and 
uh, back Steve Prom yeah. or they'll move on and do something else. Yeah. But anyways, uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate Mechdyne uh, for sponsoring the podcast. Believe it or not, we do have a couple of open um, advertising spots here in the podcast now. So Good time for it. Yeah, Chris M. Williams at CycloneFanatic.com if you'd like to hear your name. All right, he's Brent Bloom. I'm Chris Williams. Uh, next time we check in will probably be from our brunch on Friday <laughs> with the go. Iowa State women. Let's do it. Later.